Welcome back to the Transient Bacon Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Today, we've got Juan Avila, who is the president of the Caldwell Night Rodeo. And we also have Nicole Cassidy, who is the sales and marketing manager for the Caldwell Night Rodeo. Uh, both of you, welcome for uh, welcome to the program, I should say. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Um, so th- I'm pretty excited about our... our um, our program today. And the reason is I, I'm kind of a rodeo newbie. I don't know a ton about it. And, um, that always gets me excited because I get to learn, uh, especially from the experts like yourselves. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what the Caldwell night rodeo is? And yeah, sure. Caldwell night rodeo, uh, uh, uh again, thank you for having us, Matt. And then, uh, Caldwell night rodeo is a rodeo that's been in existence since 1924 here in Caldwell. And uh, Nicole can give you a little more history on that uh, uh, as far as uh, how it started and, and uh, how we uh, got established as Colonel Rodeo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, like like Juan said, we started in 1924. Um, we actually started as a Gymkana. What exactly is a Gymkana? So a Gymkana is, it can be uh, a multitude of things, but basically it was an entertainment um, piece. Sometimes um, they would do different events. Um, it's not all of them were necessarily rodeo related, but usually, usually horse related. Um, in 1923, the um, Army National Guard or the Idaho National Guard did a fundraiser for the 116th Calvary uh, based out of Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Um, they put on a, gym, a Gymkana fundraising event. Um, which is usually, um, they're different events. It doesn't necessarily have to be rodeo events. They didn't do their first rodeo-focused Gymkhana until 1924. So that's when we began our roots. Um, but these are always horse events and, and like horse trick shows, um, that sort of thing. And the purpose is, is entertainment. Um, sometimes there's a bucking contest, um, different things like that. Um, so in 1924, they, they really turned their, their focus to more rodeo style events. Mm-hmm. And that's where we, um, where we began, where our story began, um, from there in 1935, we became the first, um, the first rodeo to install outdoor lights. Um, oh, it so went in the nation? Within, no, within Idaho. Oh, okay. Idaho. I was going to say, so, wow. Okay. Yep. We were the first, um, which was one of Idaho's biggest events that had ever taken place was that year, 1935, when the lights were hung. Um, today we're, we're closer to 50,000 spectators um, in and out of, in and out of our arena in five nights. Um, we're known as where the Cowboys are the stars. And we, we got that slogan because, um, we, um, I don't remember the exact date, but we had, um, what was common in rodeo is you had a big entertainer or a headliner come in and you'll still kind of see that same thread throughout some rodeos, um, especially indoor rodeos, um, where, there's a big concert that's going on, but there also just happens to be a rodeo. So the concert draw was where you got the crowd, right? Um, they relied more on people showing up for that um, in some cases than they did the actual rodeo itself. Um, well, we followed that same route for years and um, it actually ended up bankrupting us one year. So oh. uh, we had Patty Page um, singing, you know, Little Doggy in the Window. Um, but that year was, we had some unseasonably rainy, rainy, rainy nights and we were pretty much flooded out. Um, it was really, 
icky outdoor rodeo experience or just in nobody wanted to be out in the torrential downpours. And, um, she was probably the only person that got paid that year. Um, we ended up filing bankruptcy and, um, we really had to sit down and reevaluate what we were going to do from, from there. And, um, the board felt very passionate that, you know, why are we bringing in these entertainers? Um, we come from a community that loves rodeo, that knows rodeo, uh, we very much need to be the rodeo where the cowboys are the stars. And that slogan has just stuck. And we have forever since been just that, the rodeo where the cowboys are the stars. Well, I, I love that story because um, personal experience, you know, I have never gone to a rodeo. But like to your point, I've been at county fairs and then you wander around and then you see like the horse roping. And um, in I think some of the rodeo events in the background, like you're saying. So that's really cool that you kind of flipped that on its head and said, no, this, you know, you're coming to see, uh, the showmanship and the skill of the writers. Right. Yeah. And we really, the community embraces this lifestyle, um, so much. We're incredibly blessed. We've got, um, a lot of generational fans where they, they came to the rodeo with grandma and grandpa. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and their parents and now their parents and they're bringing their kids to the rodeo. Um, it's, it's just fun. It's fun to see. And we hear it all the time. Oh my gosh, I've been coming here since, you know, this was one of my first memories or when I was three, I came with, um, grandma and grandpa, or, you know, when I, when I would come down here to visit family in the summertime, we'd always hit cobble night rodeo. So, um, it's really fun to see that growing and continuing, but then also the Valley has grown significantly. So we're seeing an increase of, of new fans people who maybe don't know anything about rodeo, but are super curious about this wild sport it is that we, we love so much. Yeah. And, and, and again, um, thank you so much for doing this because this is, uh, what this episode's all about for people, um, you know, similar to myself who just don't, haven't had the chance to maybe, um, experience, uh, some of those events and, and some of that tradition. So, um, you, you know, so you talked about the, the lights coming on in 35. I, I can't, if simple math and and I'm no mathematician, but it it sounds like you're coming up on a a hundred year anniversary soon. Um, that's a really big accomplishment. Congratulations. Number one, but, um, number two, how do you keep it fresh and how do you, um, balance the, um, do I say nostalgia, um, against, um, keeping things interesting and growing that, uh, that audience or that participation? Uh, well, Matt, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, um, in 1926, we become a PRCA Rodeo, mm-hmm. which is the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association. And that allowed us to bring the best of the best of the sport uh, from uh, bull riders to uh, 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 tie down ropers and uh, everybody on business. And uh, that keeps, uh, the, like you say, keep it fresh and people want to see the best of the best. And that's what we provide. Yeah. That's why our slogan is that where the Cowboys are the stars. And they really are the stars because they are the best on what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and obviously, you know, they are the ones that provide the entertainment for the, for the audience and uh, uh, during the competitions. And, and that, that's what keep it, uh, uh, what is called a rodeo every single year. Yeah. I think um, to touch on that, he's he's absolutely right. Um, we're we're large. We're considered a large outdoor rodeo, but 
the reality is, is we're very much a traditional style rodeo. We don't do any specialty acts. Um, the extent of our specialty act is our, our rodeo clown or our barrelman um, that's in the arena. Um, and then we've got a couple bullfighters out there for bull riding to help keep those athletes safe and um, get them off of the bull safely and, and back out of the arena um, without getting hurt as much as they can possibly control. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the reality is, is you you don't get to go to an NFL game and see the top stars in, you know, the entire sport. You just get to see, you know, the teams that are playing, the stars attached to that team. What's really unique about rodeo is you are, you're seeing the best of the best in the entire sport. So in each event, there's eight events here at Cobble Night Rodeo, and you're seeing at least the top five or top 25, if not the top 30, um, absolute best athletes in the sport. So the people you're seeing here in our arena at a very close proximity are the same people that are competing for the world titles at the national finals rodeo in Vegas in December. And, um, because our rodeo is, is late mid to late August, um, the rodeo calendar ends as far as, um, the year calendar, it ends in the um, last day in October. So they're right down at crunch time. If you're kind of right on that line of making it into the top 15 to make it to the finals, um, this rodeo is incredibly crucial um, to your positioning in that. Um, And if you, you know, get up above that line by quite a bit, or if you're falling back below it. So um, you, you feel that they, they know that there's a lot on the line. Um, not just here, but at any of the events that fall in that time frame, there's um, it's it's grit, it's passion. Um, they're really excited to be here, and um, the crowd. You honestly, the the athletes will tell you time and time again, there is no crowd like the Cobble Night Rodeo crowd. The fans, they're engaged. They're um, they are here for the rodeo. They're here for the sport of rodeo. They're here for those athletes and they're, um, they're into what they're doing They're Um, you feel the electricity in the air. Um, they're standing up on their feet. If they just watch something really great, um, they really get into it and the athletes love it. Um, that only makes them compete better. Um, as a whole, it's just, everybody is all in and all excited for, um, every single night of the adrenaline action that they see here. And, and you really do walk away feeling all of that um it thank you for explaining that it's it's unique that um like you were saying because of the schedule it puts puts the riders in and in the situation where uh maybe like make or break um where you can really i guess pick up some i don't know if it's a point system uh, or not similar to racing uh but it, it, it is they go off of dollar amounts so um it's it's money money earned um and and like unlike you know any of the other sports, these cowboys and cowgirls they don't have a guaranteed you know three million sign on contract. They have to get out there and they have to earn their paycheck every single rodeo. They're paying entry fees, so they could walk away in the negative um, if they if they don't you know bring in any money. Um, so it's it's a they have a lot on the line. Um, but ultimately, in order to get into the finals, it's how much you've earned to date, year to date. So best of the best draws from all over the nation. And do you see that reflected with the audience? Are you seeing people from, you know, East Coast, West Coast? Um, Are there people that attend that are maybe even um, from overseas? We've had it. We've certainly had it. Um, 
it really, we're not, I would not classify us as a destination radio. That's something we would certainly love to be, but mm-hmm. we've had people travel in from, from Italy, from Amsterdam, from various different places around the world. Um, go ahead. The, you know, the, Matt, the, you know, you know, and everybody knows the dynamics of the uh, Treasure Valley changed so much in the last few years. Uh, with the people moving in from uh, other states, and they're not familiar with rodeo, and uh, and uh, but uh, it is our our job to make sure that they uh, they know that we're here to uh, to uh, entertain them and uh, provide the best rodeo, best quality of rodeo there is out there. You know, one point that I like to mention is you know we got the best cowboys, but a, a good cowboy, a good uh, it's only good if we got good. Uh, animal underneath them. Mm-hmm. And we got the best stock on the market that comes to our rodeo. Uh, you know, keep in mind the, the the score that the cowboy walks away with is half provided by him and f- half provided by the stock. Uh, like the bull, whether it's a bull uh, or a horse, uh, the the better the stock, the better score they can end up with. And that's what they're looking for in our rodeo. They know we have the best stock as well. So they want to compete against the best bull, the best horse. So they can walk away with the money and the best score, the best chance to participate on the NFR. Yeah. And for someone like me who is kind of, uh, again, I'm, I don't know much. Um, do they have a raffle as far as what horse or, or bull they're going to go up against? Or how does that work? There's a draw system. So the judges, um, everybody who's here from a contract working side is all, um, they all have to be pro rodeo. Um, they all have to have a PRCA card, which is pro rodeo cowboy association. So they have to be a member and they're professionals in the industry and they're, they're the best of the best. Um, so we have judges that come together and with the rodeo secretary, they do a draw system and they put the cowboys and the athletes together and, and they draw, you know, who's going up against what animal. And um, that right there, a lot of times, I mean, the cowboy can see, oh my gosh, I drew that. Okay. I've got a good chance. Like I might really make some good money at Caldwell and, and really increase my odds for the NFR. Um, or they may see one where they're like, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's kind of rolling the dice a little bit, but um, we're going to make it happen. We're going to see what happens. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, while stock is incredibly important, um, the quality is still going to be there. So some of these animals are going to be younger and up and coming um, stars in their own right. And so they may not have a a strong name for themselves, but our contract personnel, um, we go with Powder River Rodeo for our stock. And um, they have an amazing breeding program where they the animals that they have are ranch raised. Um, they're incredibly well taken care of and they really love their job, um, which is to come to the rodeo and perform. And, um, they, they prance around once they buck somebody off, like they (laughs) million dollar animals. Right. And Mm -hmm. they just, they love what they do. And so even though they may not have a, 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 well-known name yet they're they're the up-and-comers they will have that well-known name you know in the next couple of years so the athletes know that we we bring stock here that have that reputation and so a lot of them will take the roll of the dice um i also want to kind of talk or touch on uh what juan said about the treasure valley it's rapidly changing just as as we become more um a larger urban center uh what what impacts do you think 
that that would have, if any? Well, I think right now it's positive, you know, and, uh, you know, we always try, try to stay positive in, in every area. And uh, I think uh, uh, our goal is to keep it that way. And, uh, and you know, uh, 2020 show us that we are not uh, exempt of uh, uh, shutting down the rodeo or any other activity. Uh, but on our end, uh, I think it is, uh, it is right now is very uh, optimistic as far as uh, the way that uh, the cities are moving forward. And, uh, and that's why we're trying to keep it that way. Uh, we still got a lot of agricultural families living on this treasure valley that, that they, uh, it's important for us to make sure that those kids coming up have the same opportunity to participate, where, you know, through 4-H, uh, through uh, FFA, and they continue growing those, uh, those animals and, and participating in county fairs and, and rodeos and, and mountain busting and every, all the activities that, uh, that this Treasure Valley is used to and, uh, and uh, keep the Western whale life alive. Yeah, I would agree to that wholeheartedly. I think um, one thing that, um, like we said before, we, we definitely have that generational um, fan base that keeps coming back and back. But um, I mean, last year, for instance, 21, sure, we came back, but a lot of events had come back well before us. And we were still having, you know, some of the biggest crowd sizes that we'd ever had, multiple sellout nights. And I think that is more of a nod to just how much the Valley has grown um, versus people just ready to get out and do things. I think that might be the more more of the norm across the valley because we have had such a significant growth. Um, I think that people are very curious and intrigued about rodeo and um, they want to come check it out and, and experience it. And, and we're okay with being that platform because ultimately there's so much more that goes into rodeo than just um, the, the animals and the athletes and what they're doing out in that arena. It boils down to um, it being the Western way of life, the um, Western lifestyle, the morals, the um, just the, the, the type of the caliber of human that those people are. They're hardworking. They're passionate about what they do. They love the animals that they work with. They, I mean, your truck, you're pretty passionate about your vehicle, right? If it's, especially if it's your main mode of transportation, well, these athletes or these, um, cowboys and ranchers, um, those animals are very much a big part of their, their lifestyle and how they, they pay their bills. And, um, they love their animals. They love, uh, the style of life, the slower pace that it gives them. They, they aren't out there getting rich, um, because of the lifestyle they're out there doing it because they absolutely love what they do. And I think that the simplicity is something that a lot of people really crave in their lives. And, um, they're curious about this Western way of life. And, um, we're happy to be that stage for them to come out and experience it and get to know it because ultimately you're not going to find a better cream of the crop than, um, the Western cowboy. Well, um, and so you're talking about, um, people that are curious to come out and, and experience the event. Um, and, and you've got your horse roping, your bull riding. Um, I'm probably, are those the two main events or am I missing anything else that would. So we have eight events. We've got bareback, saddle bronc, bull riding, tie down roping, team roping, steer wrestling, barrel racing, and breakaway roping. So lots of roping, but there, so there's, 
um, barrel racing, which is just going to be a timed event. Um, that's just the horse. She's, they're riding a horse and heading for barrels at a really high rate of speed, um, to take those corners and, and get back, um, um, through the, through the gate, um, at a, a fast time. And then you have rough stock events, which are the bareback and saddle bronc and bull riding. And those are, um, you know, pretty adrenaline. It's definitely the, the cowboy athlete versus the animal athlete. Um, and the same thing with steer wrestling. I mean, the, those, those animals, their goal is to outrun that cowboy, um, and, and tie down roping, team roping, same thing. Um, it's, it's a matter of, of time and, and, the clock's ticking and, and how fast can you get the job done? Yeah. What other amenities or activities are there maybe like in between the events? Can you kind of paint an idea of the atmosphere? Yes, Matt. So, uh, you know, uh, I think um, Nicole mentioned that we are the top 10 large other rodeos in the nation. And uh, to have, you know, when people walk into an arena and you have uh, wet dirt smell and hot dogs and hamburgers and, and, uh, Candy, candy, all those aromas uh, mixed up. It's a, it's a really, really unique uh, uh, atmosphere for a rodeo, and that's what the, that's what traditional rodeo is really. Uh, we also have a uh, VIP area. <clears throat> we call it VIP corral, and that's when the, you know uh, individuals, companies, or, or whoever wants to entertain the idea of uh, coming to have a good dinner before the rodeo. Uh, they have the access to that. We got skyboxes that we provide to companies uh, or groups of people that want to uh, be on a uh, private section of the of the arena. Um, on a, at the, we call it skyboxes, and they're up, up high at the top of the bleachers, and they can they get the best view of the of the entire arena. Uh, and uh, obviously, we got that, our famous course corner. Bush Corner is familiar in our rodeo. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's an area where one of our bars is located. With we got the best, coldest beer in the in the <laughs> nation, and uh, and that's where a lot of people hang out and socialize and and uh, and have a really really good time, and uh, and a very very safe atmosphere. So, uh, I mean, uh, we got uh, like I say we got a lot of all our vendors to sell the food. They are civic groups like the exchange club optimus club lions club uh job daughters and uh i got forget what they i got forgetting one more but uh, but anyway we uh the process of putting on a rodeo we also help this these groups to make their money so they can contribute to their organizations and help their programs through the year uh uh so we do a lot of things at the same time as we put on a rodeo. All these people, they utilize the rodeo to uh, raise their funds for the year. Right. It's very much a community-driven um, event. We we rely heavily on on volunteers. We've got about 250 volunteers that without them, we, we couldn't do what we do. Um, like Juan said, we have all the civic groups um, that run our concession areas um and for some of them that's their biggest if not the fundraiser of the year for them that keeps them going throughout the entire year um Cobble night radio also puts um over a hundred thousand dollars back into the local community every single year with um, our own fundraising that we do um different nights so thursday night is um a cancer awareness night and um 
a portion of the ticket sales goes towards um, cancer screening um, right here in the Treasure Valley. So it goes to West Valley Medical Center in Caldwell and St. Alphonsus, Nampa, and um, into a, a unique fund that's designated for underinsured and uninsured um, and undocumented workers that um, may come in and, and need, um, whether it's a a mammogram or, or some other um, cancer screening. And if finances are an issue, we don't want that to stop them from getting the life-saving screening or potentially life-saving screening um, that they need. So we have seen our strong, that's um, what that night theme is. And um, we come together and we raise funds for the community and, and help. Um, we just wanna do our part to make sure that nobody, everybody's been touched by cancer, but nobody should not go um, get screened for cancer because they can't financially afford to do so. Friday night's our Patriot night. So we've got our Patriot fund and um, um, a portion of ticket sales on that night as well also go um, into that fund. And we have the Boise Rescue Mission that helps um, delegate those funds and um, they decide who it gets paid out to, but we do have parameters set up and, and it has to be um, local vets um, that are needing a hand up. Um, these are people who have done everything that they could, but this month they're really struggling with keeping the lights on. Um, they serve this country. They are out there. Um, what they did protects our freedoms right here. And we owe, we owe it to them to make sure that they aren't in that situation. So we offer them a hand up when they, when they need it. And um, they're the true heroes and it's our chance to give back um, to them. So we've got a lot of big passion projects and, um, other events that we do throughout the year um, that go back into the community. But um, the biggest emphasis that I couldn't um, emphasize more is just the fact that Cobble Night Rodeo is community, community, community. Um, we believe so much in not only do we eat, sleep, and um, dine here in Caldwell, but we work here. We love the community and um, we want to make it better for, for all the generations to come. I think it would be a fantastic uh, event to get involved with from a corporate sponsorship uh, a partnering. Uh, and I imagine, Nicole, that you could probably help um, local businesses um, seek sponsorship or, or partnership with the Caldwell Night Rodeo, correct? Absolutely. We um, we have a lot of dedicated um, sponsors and um, a lot of them have been with us for many, many years. And then every year we, we get a few brand new ones. Um, I think that there's different approaches to finding out if your brand fits with, um, with our brand. And a lot of that is similar clientele, right? Um, is, our, is our customer base your, your target client? Um, but a big chunk of, of our sponsors really are here more of a civic um, civic mindedness, right? They want community outreach. Um, they're less concerned with turning over the, the dollar amount or the sales amount in their books, but more brand recognition. And just, they recognize that we do a lot for the community and they want to be, a, they want to be paired with that. Um, they want, they, their values align with ours. What are the dates? And then also, um, it, it seems like there's merchandise available that you can pick up to commemorate, um, you know, every year. Uh, uh, where would they find that besides Bymart? And uh, again, please, please go over the dates so our listeners are aware. So our dates are uh, August 16th or the 20th this year. And obviously you can buy merchandise on our, uh, like say, Bymart uh, or our Colonel Rodeo website. 
as well uh, at, uh, at any time. Uh, you can access tickets uh, any, and uh, ask any questions you might have, and our, our staff would be glad to ask, uh, answer those questions for anybody. Uh, and uh, again, the dates are the August 16th to the 20th. And uh, we got a uh, rodeo starts at uh, 7. And uh, but we have a junior rodeo pre rodeo at uh, six o'clock. It starts uh, pre activities for the rodeo starts at six o'clock every night. So it's uh, Tuesday through Saturday, uh, uh, the week of the rodeo. And uh, so yeah, so I invite everybody to come down, enjoy the rodeo, see what uh, what the rodeo is all about. Uh, we uh, we are a really excited to be back after 2020. Last year we uh, it was like you know. We're like kids in a candy store because <laughs> we're right. we're back after one one year of no rodeo and uh, but yeah no it's uh, it's amazing how our crowd responded and uh, our sponsors body uh, and everybody uh, kind of rally around us and help us uh, get back on our feet. Yeah, so merchandise will also be available in D and B Supply, um, the Colville store, um, as the rodeo comes closer. Um, and also, as far as our ticket outlets, um, D&B Supply is a ticket outlet. Um, By Mark Cobble will be a ticket outlet. Idaho Cowboy Supply will be a ticket outlet. And um, CobbleNightRadio.com is the other one. We'll also have our ticket booths open um, a couple different times leading up to the rodeo. So if you're a veteran and you want to get a discount for Friday night tickets, you'll have the opportunity to do that. Friday's a sellout night. Um and it's not not a great feeling to show up at the gate to get your your discount and it already be sold yeah. out. So we want to make sure we can accommodate that in a different way. Um, DMB Supply is offering a, a discount, a ten percent discount on your entire purchase when you um, if you're a veteran and you um, and you're buying a Friday night ticket. So that's their way of giving you a discount in some way. Um, there's one thing. Um, that I think is really neat is the community really does rally around the event as a whole. And um, we're, we're right on that brink of that hundred year. This will be our 98th annual event and two years from now, which will be here before we know it, it'll be that um, centennial rodeo for us. And um, we, there's a lot of excitement around that. We're already planning some of the celebrations and um, things that we're going to attach to that to really, um, really ring in that huge milestone um and the community is getting involved with that and other sponsors and um a lot of we have a lot of businesses in Caldwell who have been around dang near as long as we have and um this will be a milestone not just for us before um just Caldwell as a whole and I think um I think we'll see that really ring true when we get to when we get to ring in that centennial year. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you've um, kind of come full circle and talked about those community volunteers. Um, I, uh, Nicole, are th- are you able to go on CaldwellNightRodeo.com and find um, opportunities or places where you can kind of plug in to help support the event? Yeah, so you can, um, there's there's a way to contact me for sponsorship off the website. Um, there is uh, an application for volunteers to fill out up on the website. Um, 
we even even for this year's rodeo, there's a couple key positions um, for volunteers that we're looking for. So if you have a heart to serve and want to do it in a um, in a fun atmosphere with people who are really passionate about what they do, um, fill out an application, and we'd love to we'd love to have you down here. Um, but more or less, there's pretty much everything you could think of um, on the website as far as um, answers to any questions. And if you're not seeing what you're looking for, um, there's our contact information on there. So reach out to us and ask the questions. Um, we we want we we don't shy away from from the from the hard questions um, surrounding rodeo or the Western way of life. We want people to come. We want them to get properly educated about what it is that we do and why things um, why events are set up the way that they are. And um, we're we're all about um, education and getting people to understand our way of life. But then also on the flip side of it. We um, we are very passionate about the care for the animals and um, everything that goes into that as well. So it's um, I mean, there's even a science behind our dirt to make sure that it's as safe as possible for those barrel horses and, and other um, other timed events um, for both the animal athletes and the human athletes alike. So um, a lot goes into it. It's it's not nearly as simple. It's it's not the little simple podunk redneck event that some <laughs> people like to um, play it off as. There's a lot that goes into it, a lot of work, a lot of science, a lot of passion, a lot of heads that have to come together to pull it to pull it off. And, um, we'd love to educate anybody who's curious about it. Yeah. Well, I, I love that you, um, talked about, uh, facing hard questions and kind of being prepared and being, uh, a resource for, uh, education, um, on that, um, on that topic. And, and it's probably definitely not as simple as you might, uh, imagine that being said, what are there misconceptions that you find yourself? And this can be either for, uh, maybe both, both yourself, Nicole and Juan, uh, are there misconceptions that, um, you, you want to take the chance to clear up or, or something that kind of bothers you every time you hear it about, about a rodeo? Uh, well, you know, it's not that it bothers us, you know, it's just like I say, it's just some misinformation is out there with when it comes down to animal welfare. We we uh, like Nicole said we have a uh, a, a strict uh, uh, care and uh, monitoring of the animal welfare in our rodeos and animals are uh, are very well taken care of and they're never at risk. Always it's going to be an accident maybe here and there you know it uh, can prevent those but whether it's the animal or the or the uh, uh, athlete. But uh, but you know the the reality is that we are do are uh, uh, very very best to prevent those uh, incidents and um, and like I say our stock contractor is the best and they have um, very very uh, uh, strict policy when it comes down to uh, animal feed uh, you know rest times for the animals and and uh, everything that is involved with animal care. Is uh, is there from veterinarians and and uh, everything is involved. We are uh, on top of it, and you know, again, always going to be uh, somebody that doesn't that disagree with that, but it, it, it's okay. It is okay. That's what we're here to inform them, inform them of uh, of what we do. Mm-hmm. Just say, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that um, along with what he said, uh, one thing that really blew my mind was just how much a contract personnel, not just the contract personnel, but um, any of the athletes that rely on on their horse um, 
whether it's a barrel racer, a breakaway roper, um, a, a team roper, a tighter, any of them that are relying heavily on their, the animal athlete as well, their, their other partner, right? Um, the amount of money that they put into nutrition and proper feed, um, it is absolutely insane. I mean, they, they're not out there making a million dollars most of them they are they're really tight budgeted they're mm-hmm. they're narrowing it down making sure that their athletes um whether they're a contract personnel and they're they're in charge of a whole slew of athletes animal athletes or it's an individual um cowboy or cowgirl athlete that has you know maybe four head of horses um the amount of money and time and care that they put into this these animals and their their vet teams and um just the whole diet plan as a whole, it's a very intricate, it's very unique to that animal. Um, there's a lot of money that goes into it. Again, a lot of science to what's going to be best for that, um, animal to keep it as healthy as possible. Um, if you think nutrition for humans can get crazy, I promise you, it's just as crazy for animals and passionate about it. And they're, you know, they're putting, it's not just one animal that they're focusing on. They're focusing on usually a whole slew of them. So Um, I think that gets, I think that goes unnoticed. And I think people just think that sometimes it's, it's easy to look at it from, you know, the mile away and say, oh gosh, they're just making a lot of money off of those animals, those poor animals, but these animals love what they do. They are raised around it. They're the, our contractor is all of the the animals we get are, are ranch raised, um, they live in a beautiful pasture most of their lives out in Wyoming. Um, they, I mean, they get, they have everything they need to thrive and then some. And I think people just assume that they are kind of thrown in almost like a robot where they're just here to do their job, do your job, do your job. And they're not really thought of or cared of. And it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, these animals have bigger vet bills than most people will ever have as doctor bills for their whole lifetime. Um, they really keep track of them and follow their health and make sure that they're performing to their best. Um, so they feel their best. And when they feel their best, they're going to perform their best. But ultimately, at the end of the day, these animals love what they do. Well, thank you for clearing that up for us. I appreciate it. Um, is there anything else? I mean, we covered a lot of great information. Um, Nicole Juan, thank you so much for taking the time um, to to really paint a great picture and, and go in depth with us. Is there anything else that we want to leave um, our listeners with? Well, I just want to say, uh, you know, on behalf of Colorado Rodeo board, staff, uh, to our sponsors, volunteers, everybody that are the engine of this rodeo, thank you. Thank you very much for helping. Uh, uh, we are, uh, and and especially the fans that comes to uh, our uh, fuel our arena every single night. Thank you. Thank you very much on behalf of the Colorado Rodeo board of directors, staff, uh, volunteers, everybody's involved. Thank you. Thank you very much. Because without that, this, I don't think this would be possible. And, uh, and, and that's pretty much, I don't know, Nicole, you had anything? No, that's it. Um, truly, we are very, very blessed with the people that choose to affiliate with us. And um, we couldn't be more grateful to have them as a part of the team. Well, uh, that is Nicole Cassidy and Juan Avela. Um, thank you so much for coming on the program. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Bye-bye.